Hello, Michael. How are you today? Well, um, I have been busy reading uh, the plan for reopening today, as it turns out, which is uh, keen to see what Hamish has got to say about it, see how it's landed. Uh, these things are sometimes you know, a little bit imperfect or misunderstood sometimes, so hopefully it's done the job, but let's see. Is uh, Are there any sort of takeaways that you would like to mention any hits? I guess it's just about sort of engendering confidence, really, first in businesses and then in consumers, and I guess... Um, one would hope that uh, the government's done enough to at least give people a sense of uh, how business can run in the circumstances, even though there'll be a few things uh, not clear as yet. The COVID case of venues is being one of them, which um, mm. hopefully there's clarity on that soon. But uh, I mean, what I'm hoping for is that he says, yeah, it's pretty good and, you know, and we can talk about what comes next. Yeah, right. Nice. Uh, well, there's certainly, a, you know, the, the excitement is growing Um uh, rapidly and to uh, great levels at the moment amongst the people that I deal with. And, and today, you know, I spoke to a number of operators who were quite positive about what had been conveyed. So um, it's all pointing in the right direction still, which is great. Um, and, and, and of course, like the skills thing is going to be the big one, isn't it? Like what are you, before Hamish gets on, like is your yeah. phone ringing hot? Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's pretty insane. The um, It's just the level of busyness is great, but it's just coupled with this um, sense that it's a huge problem that I I hate being confronted with problems that you can't solve. And this is one that I just do not know whether there's an answer. And and you kind of feel there's an element of, um, I guess, what's the right word I'm looking for? Sympathy, I guess, for operators, because you know that they're coming out of such an extended period of of closure. Um, And the, uh, you know, the word I can the only word I can really land on is to, it's getting to a point of desperation for a lot of operators because, you know, there's there's um, the end is in sight and the shortfall with the numbers of people that they need to open their businesses. Like one person yeah. I spoke to today said that they were nearly like 120 shifts a week um, short across their business, which is, that's an insane number of hours that you need to, you need to find people to fill. Um, Everyone's in the same boat. I, I, I don't know of any business that's having a really clear run on it. So it's it's concerning, um, but it's, you know, for us, you know, we're busy and we're just trying to do what we can, I guess. Well, let's see from the man himself, shall we? Hamish Watts is one of the owners of Applejack Hospitality, um, some great venues across Sydney. Uh, what do they have? They've got Foresters, uh, the Butler, they have the Botanist, they Bob have Bob and Tone in the city, which is a uh, personal favourite. So um, Hamish has always been exceptionally giving with his time. And I think one of the things that I like about their business the most is their focus on culture and people and and um, and creating great team environments. And that's one thing that I will certainly be asking him about today. But um, yeah, he'll have a great perspective on, on probably the restaurant side of things and getting them from closure to opening. So looking forward to chatting to him. As am I. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. How's the, uh, well, as you know, we're talking to be uh, business owners about mm. how they are approaching the reopening process. So trying to pull out as many tangible kind of insights or practices that you're happy to share um, mm. that might help others because, uh, you know, everyone's kind of feeling their way through it. And, and we'll obviously note that the new roadmap came out today. Have you had a chance to absorb that? And do you know much about what the implications will be for your business? Yeah, I've been through it. And 
there's a few little bits and pieces I'm still just waiting for some clarity on. And like uh, every time they release this, it's always pretty light on the detail. Um, I think the last time, the last roadmap was really confusing in particular because there was the big hoo-ha of the press, the press conference, and then no one really that all the all the um, all the journo's were asking questions about it as though everyone knew what was going on, but no one had actually seen it yet. So, so the journo's not to the general public was the problem, wasn't it? Yeah. So the journo's knew and they were asking questions about it, and I'm like going, "Have I missed something here? Have we seen this?" And then and then you're waiting for it to come out later, and it was actually, and I'm not joking. I was I was making a joke earlier that I get my news from Instagram, but um, some of the news outlets were were posting like very tangible stuff about the step by step and how it, how it relates to the different areas, and that's 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 quite easy, but it's kind of it's kind of horrible that it's, it, it takes that to, to break it down into layman's terms that we understand. But today, from what I gather, uh, when we get to 70%, it's um, same as we we're expecting, which is the two square metres inside and the four square metres outside. Um, obviously, mandatory vaccinations for guests and um, with no QR code system in play by the time we launch, mind you, unfortunately. Um, but um, 80%, we're allowed now to have um, uh, vertical drinking, and um, we're thinking that might also apply to um, potentially maybe some boogieing or some singing, perhaps, if anyone's got karaoke going on in their restaurants. Um, but the big one is obviously December 1. I think, you know, they're going to scrap the vaccine passport thing for everyone and then um, it's uh, two square metres and pretty much it's pretty much back to normal at that point, which is, um, which is pretty crazy. And that's like it's not very far away, so... I guess that feeling of knowing that that's that's not far away is is pretty um a pretty pretty amazing kind of feeling coming from where we've been from I guess you know can I, can I ask just outright like do you feel that there's enough certainty in what's been provided or do you think that there's a thousand questions going through through your head uh, look I think that's like that's pretty good like I don't mind that part of it. The, the part that nobody knows and everyone's freaking out about is what happens when we actually open and what happens when we've got cases and obviously the pandemic thing that happened in the UK and all that. So, um, you know, a, a friend of mine's got a building company and I won't say who or what, but he had a, a couple of outbreaks, a couple of cases within a very small job site in the east of Sydney. And, um, and I was trying to sort of like work out how that might relate to hospitality and, you know, the building um, construction industry has been open and he basically contacted service uh, health um, New South Wales and said I've had I've got two separate cases from um, two different outbreaks and they've both been working on my job site and they've been exposed to this many people what do I do and they, they said we'll shut down the site and wait for further advice <clears throat> we'll assign a case officer and we'll let you know you know a couple of days later he didn't know what to do and whether or not he should be doing anything and he had no further information he tried to contact them and couldn't get a hold of them and then uh, he's chasing more info until he spoke to a mate of his that worked for New South Wales Health and they provided him with a matrix of what happens in hospitals if there's an outbreak. And he's like, well, I'm just going to, because I can't get a hold of anyone, I don't know what to do, I'm just going to have to just go off that, which basically says, were you wearing masks? So, you know, how long were you in contact? Was it indoors? A, you're a close contact. B, you're a casual contact. C, you're no concern or whatever it might be. Um, and he did that. And then um, three weeks later, I think he got a phone call from New South Wales Health. By the time he had been, you know, he's up and trading and everyone had been isolated and back at work. And they said, what did you do? And he explained, he said, um, and they said, oh, good job. 
that's you did you did a good job and that was kind of where it's at and i'm and all i'm hoping is um i'll tell that story because i'm just hoping that's not what it's like for us where we're just left wondering what to do because nobody knows right there's um there's been no directive of what happens if there's an outbreak or if one of your staff contracts it um i don't i, I don't even know if it's like mandatory for staff to be vaccinated all your customers have to be i mean i i don't i'm not 100 percent on that um so there's all this kind of like stuff up in the air about that that we don't really know so. With the um, you mentioned December one, the vaccine passport goes. Is that what you just yeah. said? So they're really putting it in place for a couple of weeks. Effectively, oh, to reopen be, yeah, in be, October, you've got six weeks of vaccine management at your entry, and then it goes away. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I got from it, Mike. Did you get that? Uh, um, uh, I'm finding out things in real time as well, notwithstanding my lo- my lo- lordy position here. But uh, yeah, I understand it from one December. Um, but I also understood that it is uh, um, up to the venues about whether they admit people, which, you know. Just to make it even harder. Which is hard, like, to um, work through that one, I think. Um, it's – I'm not sure about that, though, but I think that that's – from what, what I've got in front of me, that's the bit that it, it isn't clear on. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, – it's, it is it's – it's the grey area stuff, but I guess – you know, it's, it is moving so fast, and the, but there's certain things you think they could probably get a little bit more detail on and be very clear from the start. And, you know, like the QR code, they've said, they've sort of alluded to the fact that that would be the way that the vaccine passport would be managed from the start. And then, you know, they just dropped that last week that they're, they're going to start trialling that from, I think it's from the 6th, so in regional New South Wales, and then it needs to do two weeks and invariably there'll be things wrong with it. And then what, they're going to bother rolling it in for another couple of weeks, four weeks at most, and then scrap it in December. So I don't know. There's just, it's, it's that sort of stuff that's, um, that's tricky. But as I said, like, uh, uh, probably the, the main concern will be what happens with staffing. Mm. You know, there's going to be customers coming into restaurants that have got COVID. You know, you can catch it if you're vaccinated. There's going to be, that's going to be going on. But what happens with my staff? Like, what if my head chef... Um, you know what? What would have when he goes down? What or she goes down? What do I? What do I do in that situation? And how are they considered a close contact? And what do I need to do with the restaurant? Does it have to be forcibly closed? Because it sounds like they're under so much pressure now, and the pressure is only going to increase. Um, I think they need to have some pretty clear guidelines on what we're meant to do. And I just don't. I just really hope that doesn't fall onto all the businesses' shoulders to to make those calls on the fly. Because. Mm. Um, that's it'll be stressful enough trading under those conditions without not knowing what you're meant to be doing. My instincts are that they will, uh, they, they didn't get to that bit, but that that that'd hopefully be clarified shortly. But I have no, yeah, I have no visibility. <clears throat> yeah, I'd expect so. Yeah, but yeah. So obviously today's about um, providing again tangible. Uh, insight as to what you're doing to get ready to open well what, what yep. stage are you at now you i mean just to clarify your business you've got venues across eastern suburbs cbd lower north shore yeah i'm not missing anything no nah. what Don't what are you, what state are they like at the moment <laughs> what state are they like in terms of getting everything fired back up like uh what are you doing on a sort of i guess even a marketing um from a marketing yep. perspective people ops what, what are you doing uh, marketing first, we've um, we've opened up all the bookings like everyone would have, um, and we've just brought those forward slightly now that there's been some confirmation that the 11th is the go go live date. 
uh, we did a uh, PR campaign around what Applejack's doing over this period and what we've been doing to keep our staff and customers safe. We did a um, a campaign called Apple, Apple Jab United, and we rebranded Applejack to Apple Jab. And um, <clears throat> across the um, closure period, we did a real case study with all the staff. We got in contact with everyone that works for us. There's about 200 people, and we we asked them what their position was, and we had no like next to no pushback. There was a few people that were you know, for medical reasons, concerned about vaccination, but we're in a really unique position where everyone was keen to get vaccinated. So we <clears throat> we wanted to tell that story and we're opening with a fully vaccinated team. There's a there's a couple of staff that are um, falling into the second vax a week or two later just from taking a little while for the, to wait for Pfizer and things like that. But we really pushed that story um, and unlike some other members within the industry, we haven't had too much negative um, pushback on that, which is great, but... Um, uh, so we've been doing that. We've been advertising that we're reopening. Um, operationally, we're um, in a position where we, the guys are just all coming back. They're working at the moment less than 20 hours a week. Um, they've got the general managers and the head chefs are working a couple of days just getting things organised. Um, everyone's coming. My head office guys are all coming back on full-time from next week, which is exciting. And um, we've got them. They've been working in the background anyway over the complete closure period. So it's all systems go, really. We're just trying to get the venues tidy, get things cleaned up. You know, there's a lot of repairs and maintenance. They're a bit dusty and they need to be cleaned up and all that sort of thing. And um, the other part of it's been a lot of um, seasonal menu tweaks because we've been closed for so long. So we've been we've got, uh, we've got a mountain of menus to go through and there's obviously a lot of wine and stock issues of stuff that was available three months ago that's not available now and, and we've had to rewrite all of our food menus and um yes yeah, heaps of that going on so there's a lot of, a lot of little bits and pieces happening a lot of moving parts but we're we're definitely got the cogs turning and, and planning to reopen which is exciting and have, are you taking bookings already or yes yes and we are are you what are you uh, saying yeah no um uh, the suburban venues in particular are doing really well. So they've all bu- they're booking out really quick, as, as we expected. Um, so we've got the North Shore and um, uh, the East, where, you know, in sort of more suburban-style precincts. Um, the city, um, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of inquiries on uh, weekend stuff, which is surprising. So we do like a sole lunch on Saturdays, which is actually booking out really well. But obviously in the city, we, we, th- we survive a lot on corporate bookings and things like that, and we're not getting a lot of that through at the moment. But there are a lot of inquiries coming through, which is um, surprising. I think people are really eyeballing December. So the big unknown for us is the CBD and what that's going to do. Who knows whether or not employers are going to be asking their staff to come back for you know into the city for a couple of months or they're just going to say, let's just hang out till after Christmas. We don't really know the answers to that, but... Generally speaking, bookings are coming in really strong. We're really happy with the way it's going. How are you seeing? I mean, it's... We, we commented on this last time we came out of lockdown. You've got an entire industry effectively firing up into, well, let's talk just about New South Wales. What are you seeing from a marketing perspective in terms of the way different businesses are trying to get cut through or differentiate themselves from one another? Because the, the competition is probably going to be more fierce than it ever has been. There'll be a pretty good supply there of consumers. But like, mm. like I said, everyone's opening their doors or intending to 
on exactly the same day. So they're all fighting for a pretty, pretty, um, uh, albeit large, but um, confined or, or restricted condensed. pool of customers, condensed customers, yeah. So are you mm. seeing anything emerge where people kind of going out with deals or are you keeping it like we're just opening and just come and spend money? To be honest, I haven't seen much of that. I know. Mm. I think there was a bit of it last time. I remember all of that. But um, I've seen a couple of people doing the whole um, uh, book out a venue thing going on. But I haven't even seen any like discounting. There's been we're doing some uh, you know giveaways for customers and things like that um, as part of more of a social media marketing strategy. Um, but I'm not seeing any deals per se coming out. Mostly just confirmation of people are opening up their bookings and looking forward to customers coming back. That's kind of where of where it's at really. Is that your strategy? So you're just going to be opening up, you know, are you doing set menus to try and drive stronger per head or are you just keeping it pretty simple? No, we just, so we're opening up with all brand new menus. There's no, um, and, you know, usual uh, promotional stuff like that. We're not doing set menus or, or anything like that. We're, we're, we're looking at this as opening up again for the long term. I, I'm really, obviously, there's always a bit of trepidation, but we're not feeling like we're going to have another lockdown anytime soon. So I think we just open up and try to get as many bums on seats and trade as normal as we possibly can. That's the strategy. And the people, we spoke about it briefly before uh, recording this, but people, what's that like? I mean, the, the feeling of it, it is starting to feel a little bit desperate um, in mm. the market with some of the conversations I've been having with you know people that we work with. How are you yeah. guys finding it across sort of senior levels and then right down to your casual frontline staff? Yeah, I mean, have you seen Bartender Exchange? Did <laughs> you watch that? It's obviously, um, it's a community that's designed to um, connect people from the bar industry, but it's just, it's just everyone posting ads, looking for staff at the moment. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty out there. There's just, there's just so many ads going up. It's crazy. It was like the, the Sydney Chef Exchange was like, it's been like that for a while, but the Bartender Exchange is just like, it's, it's going off at the moment. So um, look, it's, it's, we got some stats through from our um, uh, internal recruit team and um, they said like the jobs, the applications they're getting from this time this year to this time last year and things like that, it's pretty crazy. There's just there's just not a lot of applicants coming through. Um, we were fortunate enough to hold on to the bulk of our team throughout the lockdown. There's a few people that slipped through the net, a couple of them went home. Uh, some of them live in regional New South Wales and now they're stuck there and things like that. We've got a lot of those sorts of stories. Uh, and then a couple of others that would have left through university or whatever. But generally speaking, all of our salary staff, we held on to them and our casuals, we've still got a big, big chunk of them, which was good. And trade was pretty good when we shut down. We had a lot of, um, you know, things things were going steadily strong, so we were pretty staffed up. It wasn't like we were running slim at the time, so we were good. Um, so opening up, look, we're in a pretty fortunate position where we've got a lot of the original crew before lockdown in saying that, you know, we're aware that there's a few shortages and, um, you know, across the park there's like a couple of staff required here and there and <clears throat> once we open up, there's people that are saying they're keen to come back. Who knows what it's going to be like once, you know, once things get back to normal and the fact that there's so many people out there looking, there's um, there's going to be a fair bit of movement in the market once once things open up. But, you know, we're just... just grinding away at it i guess you just gotta you've got to, i think there is a, a a sense of desperation amongst the industry and, and we're just working as hard as we can to to you know meet these people and try to encourage them to come and explore applejack like everyone's doing but recruitment's a grind game the more effort you put in the more you get out of it and we're just we're just trying to work really hard to make sure we don't fall short but i think 
um, pre-lockdown, a lot of people were reducing service periods and stuff like that. I, we weren't personally, I heard, but I heard a lot of people were reducing their service periods to try to condense their, um, you know, their patronage, but also to um, be able to sort of deliver on their service model that they require because they didn't have enough staff to do, say, a lunch on a Monday, Tuesday, so they just get those staff to to work on Wednesday, Thursday, and things like that. So. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty it's getting pretty real, and I don't know when that's going to get any better. That's probably the worst bit about it. You know, they might hopefully once borders open up, but who knows when that will be? Probably, you know. So, yeah. is there a strategy you're employing? Because I think, well, I, sorry, I, I'll rephrase it. The strategy you're employing is probably one that a small percentage of the market is actually using. I think, and it's probably a good example, which is why I'm asking this. So, if you can take us through it, um, mm. and there's there's probably there's a, a section of the market who's putting up, you know, ads that are saying we need restaurant managers, general managers, bar managers, like, you know, listing 10 different jobs in the one ad and, um, yeah. like you said, posting all over sort of community groups, whatever it might be. And mm. that, I think, you know, if you were to give it, if I was to give advice to a business based on how, how we see those things working, it kind of, it, it does convey the desperation that they're obviously feeling, which is, you know, yeah. it's, you've got to understand where it's coming from. But I think that talent pool senses the desperation and understands that it's a business that's got a real shortfall of people, which is going to be a really tough working environment if they were to go and work there, which actually then pushes them away from that business as opposed to attracting them in. But a lot of the stuff you're putting out is quite different to that. What's the strategy that you've taken there in terms of some of the videos that I've seen on, say, you know, social media or LinkedIn and stuff like that? Uh, look, we just try wanted to show them what our culture is like. We didn't want to say, "Hey, look, we need people to work for like we're desperate, like <laughs> like everyone else." And and we and we just saw the amount of ads going up. We thought it's kind of, you know, it's pointless for us to just go and just stick up an ad, look seeking weight stuff. Exactly what you're saying for those reasons you're saying. So we sort of thought, let's rather than put out like. Yes, we want that people know that they can come and work for us, but it's not like we we need you to come work for us. We want them to more get a sense of who we are, what our culture is about. And so when they start looking and the, those that are out there looking for work, they, they, they're aware of who Applejack are and what we're about. So that's kind of the way we played it. <clears throat> and then the other part of it is obviously just connecting with people that have engaged with us in the past through advertising and things like that. So we've got, we're not, we're not, we're, we're being a bit more proactive rather than just like, popping an ad up there and just waiting for people to come out. We're actually physically trying to go out there and reach people and connect and connect, reconnect with people that have reconnected with Applejack in the past and things like that. And the other part of it is just showing them what we're about from a cultural perspective. Yeah. That's kind of where it's at. What do you think? You're the expert. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I just, uh, it's kind of, um, I think if you're putting up those long lists of jobs that you have available in your organisation, it, it's not yeah. an effective strategy at all. Um, like I said before, no. it kind of just sends the wrong message to the talent market. So, um, Unless you're perhaps you're doing a restaurant launch or something like that, might be the only time you can get away with it. But even then. Even, yeah, and, and yeah. it's just the volume of that activity that's actually taking place. I think sometimes businesses can get, um, and it's no, I felt like this when I was in the industry, you do think about your business and only your business in a, in a lot of instances, mm. but so you're kind of oblivious to the all of the other operators that are taking the same approach out in market. And, um, yeah, I just feel like it's there's probably a better way of doing it that's going to be, and I, I say that from a place of like trying to, you know, um, offer advice, not tell people they're doing the wrong thing. But if that's the um, the overarching um, strategy that you have, then it's probably not going to work out that well. Well, I guess what you I guess what you just got to do is when you put one of those ads up, you just got to try to just see how many hits you get. You know what I mean? Like they don't they don't really they don't work. You know they they. they 
they mm. don't work like it's it's as simple as that you know and there's um you do have to go through multiple channels and you need people need to know that you're looking but if you just if you just you know desperately posting for stuff it's not going to really help you out i don't think no and the um, the the reality of it is that there is such an overwhelming amount of work out there that unless you're offering something a little bit different to draw people in it's it's just it's hard to compete because it Talent these days just has so many options. Like honestly, in front of them, it, it is absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. it's got to be something it's other than job time I, and salary. Because I remember when I was an eighteen-year-old looking for a work in a bar, I was just like, you know, it was, it was so hard to get a job as a bartender. I remember it was like it was a prestigious job that was very hard to get your hands on. It was like, oh, how do I get a job working in a bar? I just want to make cocktails. It's just all I want to do. And then it's like you're dropping your CV in at all these cool bars, just hoping for a callback. Mm-hmm. how the tides have turned how the times have changed it's like this crazy must be something you're talking a lot about mike with your new group i would imagine because it's hard to activate a 24-hour economy if there's no one Nothing, willing to work yeah, in it significant issue hey like and there's um you know the, the reality is that it's just last waves of people have left the sector and everyone's going to want stuff um well not everyone the businesses that can and want stuff want them all at pretty much the same time so um how, how I guess it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be unfortunately a little bit of survival of, of, of the fittest on it, I think. And then, um, you know, there's short term, like we've been focusing on trying to get rates of vaccination up and things like that to at least make sure that any hospitality worker who wants to work is vaccinated so they can get, they can get um, employed. But um, yeah, the, 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 there's not, not a huge number of levers you can pull in the short term, really. Nah. And, and, um, <clears throat> And then, um, you know, we, we asked Paul and he's targeting chefs from, um, you know, the U- UK and so forth and uh, mm. school leavers and, you know, there's sort of a variety of strategies, but they, um, I, th- I think you sort of, can't, we know what we're heading into. In the medium term, uh, we are uh, trying to coordinate industry, and this came up at A-Heist, Luke, you recall, like um, between tourism and hospitality, um, you know, is there an opportunity for better uh um, alignment more broadly about selling a message for working in hospitality and the career opportunities it gives you and um you know so uh, but but really that's a sort of medium term at best uh mm. thing um but but very it's one of my, my high priorities to try to get an outcome there um between industry and, and in partnership with government if appropriate and um so that come february march next year um you know that that there may be a, a sort of second, you know, the second phase of it coming through, I would suggest. I don't know what your views are, but it's a bit like a mad sprint to the end of the year, isn't it, really, Hamish? <coughs> you know, sort of so all... As you say, survival, survival of the fittest. And, and yeah. then sort of wake up and go, all right, do we, what was happening now? You know, see, see, how, see what February, March looks like. Survival in the city. Hey, Hamish, I don't know whether you can answer this one because it's a bit mm. out of body for you, but um, for listeners who aren't familiar with your business, you've got a little bit of scale. You're also, I think, a carryover champ on Hospitality Operator of the Year maybe from at least the, one of the awards. I remember you. Alias, yeah. Alias, yeah. But, like, in, in terms of um, the uh, – uh, for, for a sole venue operator in mm. comparison, like, yeah, is it – 
a degree harder? Is it a de- degree easier? Do you think? Or? Yeah, um, and I've been a sole operator. Uh, like we, we uh, I, I consider myself a solar operator probably up until we had four. I think the challenge is just the same. You know, like you kind of you don't have the structure around to be able to, you know move people effectively within the group you're not allowed you're not large enough to attract a certain type of person that's looking for that sort of opportunity that working with a group brings uh, you don't have the money potentially when you're smaller to to focus on strategies like you're saying paul was saying about bringing chefs in from the uk and stuff you kind of can't that's kind of outside of your realms of capability um but when we just had like a couple of restaurants it was it was it was really really hard like i remember um I remember some times when, you know, you, you, I'm not a chef. I'm a, I'm a front of house guy. I always have been. And, I, and I've, you know, I was held, held over the barrel by a head, head chefs, you know, just like praying that they would just turn up. And if they, if, if they were leaving, like just that, you know, we talk about the sense of desperation and that feeling of just like, oh God, just, if I don't find a head chef, I am completely screwed. You know, I can't go in the kitchen and knock this out myself i'm gonna have to find someone to do it and then you're hanging all your hopes on this interview that you had with the guy and hoping that they can't smell the desperation on you so yeah it is i reckon it's, it's harder you know like now i've got um you know i can move people around but within the group i can i can hold on to them through offering them more opportunity because you know if they're getting itchy feet one of the venues or you know just i've, I've had like an 18 year old guy who started at the foresters pouring schooners and he and he was just he just wants to do cocktails. So I could I could then say, well, he's a he's a some you know great young guy who wants to work for me. I, rather than just saying, I'll see you later, go work somewhere else, I could then go and move him somewhere into Bop and Tone where he's now learning drinks and stuff. So <clears throat> there's all of that part of it, but then there's also the part of it when you're within a you know, we've we've got I've got people inside internally who just um, you know, hammering the phones today. She like Maria was just on the phone all day today. I know that. Um, and that's what she's doing, and that's what her fo- her focus is. And, and and if I if I didn't have that, I certainly wouldn't have the time to do that myself. And and I'm also not a um you know I'm not a, a recruitment guy. I don't understand that in the same essence that people that work in the game do. And you know they can add that. We've got job care. We've got um you know I've got like internal systems to manage my hr component now and you know i know i've got i've got my own internal talent pool and things like that so it's 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 much harder um i don't have huge amounts of advice other than just to say you know um culture is everything i guess when you're a small crew and what you can offer is you can offer uh what 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 is, what is harder to offer when groups get bigger which is like that pressing of the fresh flesh with the, the business owner like you're involved and you can nurture that kind of culture which is not achievable when the, when a group gets bigger um i'm not saying that we don't have that culture i think we do but um but when you get when you get you know, when a, a small operator can really like be involved and nurture the talent and you know um show, show like one-on-one mentorship and you need to do stuff like that to try to retain them and they need to be part of it they need to be part of why you're there and why you're trying what you're trying to do, and and that's that that's what you've got over like a larger group. Whereas you know one of the big guys that you might call up, but they might have more money and they might have more opportunity. But if they feel like you're you know if you're if you're offering them what they need, which is you know one on one mentorship, you know, they're offering you career development, you're training them in the art of hospitality, um, then it's, it's, they're not going to probably jump ship or just make them feel guilty if they consider it. You know that's really. <laughs> um that's kind of that's that's where i reckon but it's it's harder it's definitely harder the smaller you are i don't know i'm sure it gets harder again once you go beyond where we are i think we might be sitting in a little sweet spot where we're not too big that it's it's such a uh, we, we don't have that personal touch anymore and we don't 
um, we can't have, you know, good culture and relationships with people. We haven't got to that point yet, but we're sort of big enough to be able to manage it internally a bit better than if you if you don't have multiple sites. So who knows? Well, if you need someone to run tables, I'd just work across the road these days. Just give me a shout. Like, can, you know, pop and tone, come in there, you know, clean up at least, I don't know, something like that. You're, 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 you're not allowed to work for free lunches, though, are you? I don't think he's that <laughs> desperate either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's levels to desperation, Michael. Um, what's um, <laughs> what is concerning you the most <laughs> about the next phase? I mean, is there anything? And you know, if we've already covered it, let me know. But if there's, yeah. is there anything that's kind of keeping you up at night? In at all. Uh, I've, I've got a three-year-old son who wakes up quite a oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I've got a dog. Um, you know, it's um. I, look, it's probably just all the stuff we spoke about. I, 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 um, I really want some clear uh, guidance on what happens when we're trading throughout all of this, and if there's going to be, you know, if we're going to have any sort of pandemic going, um, pandemic going on, where they're going to like, you know, forcibly put people into isolation if you're a casual contact. I, I don't know if it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case, but I want some clear, clear stuff around that. Um, I want people like Mikey Rodriguez to be working hard to, you know drive the drive the the nighttime economy we need people to get out and support it you know i think the first lockdown for many reasons it was scarier for people to go back out scarier for the operator probably more so because we didn't know when we we're going to have another lockdown again but this time we're, uh, but there was uh, when we were opening up last time there was almost there was no cases in the community it was pretty much eradicated it wasn't around it was like up in god's country up in queensland where you are looking um, but then when we um you know this time around we're opening up and there's there's going to be cases, so there's going to be people that are nervous. So I don't know how that's going to affect people's psyche going out this time and whether or not – I don't know if we're going to have, like, the Freedom Day like that in the UK or people are going to approach it with a bit more trepidation. And, look, I'm okay if we kind of meet in the middle, but I think, you know, I'm, I, I want people to go out there and, you know, support uh, hospitality, support the arts, support anything that's available to them, and that's that's probably the thing that makes me the most nervous. I It feels like it's going the right way. Everyone you talk to is really excited about it. Um but we just have to wait and see. Once we open up, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I think that um, I, it's one of those, from my perspective, it's, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst a bit. And um, I really in the middle. think it, yeah. it's, it does depend on which operator you are, what type of business you have, where you're located. There's so many variables here. But I do, um, you know, we've been really focused on trying to drive um, through Alfresco uh, as an option for people because Partly, it's coming from a you know everyone's lost a big chunk of business. If there's capacity restrictions in place, how do you at least uh, get businesses to the point where someone can reach a, the capacity that they are sort of licensed to in the normal operating conditions? But the other aspect to it is just simply understanding, and also with regard to other markets, that people's behaviours have changed and will change. Like like mm. so, if you're um, one of the better operators, you 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 will get a reasonable amount of demand, but that's not necessarily going to be reflected all the way through the market. And secondly, like also, you know, even if you're one of the better operators, you want you want the, the city to be buzzing because mm. you know, this isn't here to be breaking even. Like, and I suspect that for many people reopening that like a break even result is probably as good as it may be for a little while before, you know, doing what business is there to do, which is to generate, you know, uh, an, an economic outcome um, as well as provide the social amenity. So I like, I think that um, based on elements of research, based on, uh, you know, other case studies, based on the seasonal um, 
time of year for Sydney ciders. I think that uh, the use of open space in the first instance, just getting people out into picnics and then from picnics into alfresco, from alfrescos into venues, like it's a way of, um, you know, building up repeat confidence going into small places in a sense. And some people won't have that any inhibition, but, uh, you know, I think that a good percentage of the population may, and if they may have it, we should try and, you know, help um, build that build that confidence. The other thing I think uh, I'm trying to say to um, people who, uh, you know, look at uh, conducting research on this is that mm-hmm. when it comes to social dynamics, it's different to individuals, like going out behaviours in that you don't need it's not what someone responds to a survey themselves. It's what happens when there's six people in a group. And so, you know, if, if one person is or two people are not comfortable with, a you know, the security operation at a venue or, you know, then that group booking falls over in a sense. And, you know, like um, so, so those group dynamics are, are also add a layer of, like, complexity to it um, that mm. I don't have an answer to, by the way, but I just note that, like, you kind of also have to be thinking about, you know, the, how people are feeling about transport, you know, how we're going to get there. Are you comfortable walking, Uber? Do you feel, do you want that uh, person to be, uh, the driver to be vaccinated? Yes or no? All these questions, you know, like I think um, are, are things that, you, you know, building confidence and showing success and uh, are, are really important. So, um, but using the seasonal aspect of our fresco and, um, you know, uh, given the time of year and the climate, I think is, is one of the most obvious things we should be doing. Yeah, hundred percent. If anything, like just trying to like turbocharge the excitement of heading into these areas as well. I think, as you say, like creating a creating a buzz and giving people a reason to go out. You know, I think the city needs the city needs activity, and having our fresco is a good way to deliver on that. And if that's making some people feel more comfortable with going out, as you say, with like the, that one person in the group who doesn't want to go is keen to go, then you know, then bring it on. I think the only thing is um, with the our fresco thing. Um, it's just it's just the challenges it presents to the restaurants that don't have the, yeah. don't have it don't have it. So like, you know, we've got we've got one in um, we've got a little restaurant in Kirribilli which is on a very busy corner, and there's no opportunity really for that. Um, you know, we can we can certainly try. We can ask them if we can knock out one lane on um, uh, Willoughby Street or something like that. But it's um it's not really it's not really the right space for it. And then you think, well, that's, how's that go for my restaurant? If, if then down the road and the other part in the village area, they've, they've opened it all up and that becomes the alfresco. And, and, you know, there's parts of that we saw with um, when they first did in Surrey Hill, in Surrey Hills, they really focused on Crown Street initially, you know, and that was, you know, Crown Street's got the footfall anyway, you know, you pay the rents though, to, <coughs> you, go to, you pay the rents to live on there. So that's fair enough. But um, we, we've, we've got out more alfresco dining down off um, Crown Street now. A lot of the other operators do. But when it first went through, it was very much a focus to make that the, the precinct and try to drag people to there, which is great for those restaurants that have a bus lane that could be commandeered to turn into alfresco, but not so good for the, the operators that didn't have that. So I think it's just that's just something to be mindful of, I guess, is, is how, does, how does that work for those that, that can't access it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. That's a, uh, sorry, interesting point re botanist in Kiravili during the when there was a reopening from the last um lockdown and it was staged in terms of how many people you could have in and for different times and stuff like that some venues chose not to open now that you know that there's a a, a more um broad reopening on the first of december would you consider not opening the botanist until then is that something i know that news only came out today but do you think yeah. that do you, are you just going to rush to open, or do you think you know you might just say, "Look, we'll leave it shut for six weeks and just open it up to its 
fuller capacity in in December? Uh, we're gonna well, we, we have, I haven't considered it. No, like as um, we, we want to open uh, because. But I know with the numbers with the um, the two square meter rule, we're we're making things work at that point. Um, we also don't know what's happening with the pandemic payments for the staff and when that's going to be pulled. So I need to get my guys back to get to work and offering them some job security. And also, I think if we were hesitant to open and others were open from a marketplace, particularly in HR space, you know, all of a sudden others are opening and we're there. I just I was like, I was like, oh. so I'm not opening necessarily to bank cash. I'm just opening to yeah. get, you know, get thing get things happening. It also gives us an opportunity to to find our match fitness again and and get things happening. But we're not like, I'm not going to, I probably won't have to open on the Monday. <laughs> might get in the guys in the kitchen and open up on the Wednesday and, and the one in the city might, that might open a week later so I can put my resources in the right places. But um, I, I, know, I think it's, it's, there's an argument for it. Um, I can't see landlords being that kind to trying to defer any more rents and things like that if you're entitled to trade within reasonable parameters mm. it'd be hard if you were down i think down in melbourne at 70 percent, he said our fresco only which um that would be challenging as i said particularly if you had a business like the botanist that just didn't really have the capacity to be able to do that so i don't know i don't know what the outcome what, what the answer for those guys is but i think with us we we've we've done the four square meter two square meter thing before we met at work last time and right. the intent from the punters was pretty strong so we we're happy to wait You mentioned um, the availability of certain items that you were selling previously, and one of the big things that came out of the last reopening again was um, supply chain and getting that um, reignited. Um, because you've got every, you know, not every, but a, a very large number of venues all opening on the one day, pretty much, or in a very close proximity to one another in terms of timing. Mm -hmm. Getting the supply chains that have laid dormant um, for three and a half months, is that right? Um, yeah. Um, Re-engage truck drivers, like even if they, you know, if Lion has a, an issue and their drivers get knocked out or whatever it might be, th th there's so much room for complication. Um, have you had any insight yet as to any any um, things like that that might present as challenges or are you thinking about that at all in terms of when you're ordering stock and aiming to have it delivered so that it's it's on site and ready to go? Uh, look, we are. We just we, – we just – obviously putting things from a food perspective, we're putting things on the menu that we know there's an abundance of supply. We're not doing anything that's too niche or tricky. Um, from a wine perspective, that was um, pretty tricky before lockdown. Wine supply has been really challenging all year. I think it'll be, it'll be increasingly challenging. So we're going through just trying to work out what we need to replace down the track. So we're trying to get ourselves like a couple of, like a month or so ahead. So we know what's, coming out so we've got we've got stock we kept all the stock that we had with lockdown we didn't sell it it's all there it's ready to go so we've got enough to open with almost a few small orders and then um we just got to be prepared that there's going to things particularly on a wine perspective that'll run out quick um but yeah hopefully we don't run out of beer as long as we've got enough beer everything will be okay i think so did you run out last time? A lot of people did. It was actually quite hard to get, get some, uh, especially some of the larger lines that, um, you know, the big breweries are, are well, they producing. Had, they, 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 got, they had a um, cyber attack, didn't they, or something? Wasn't that, wasn't that Lion had invo invoices? And is that, Am I allowed to talk about that? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that. Do you have a relationship? You with? heard it first. You heard it here. Um, <laughs> 
No, there was there was a there was a big um there was a big logistical error within uh, the systems right. that I think was um it was probably compounded by the fact that everyone was ordering like a thousand kegs a day, but it was like also um there was a there was a systematic error and they, they went into the shit. But um uh, our good friends Align are all on top of that now, and it's been a seamless transaction over the last few months before we <laughs> closed. And as as you'd expect from the the end the endless professionals that they are, so it's um no I, ha- I haven't given it too much thought. The only thing is obviously the wine and, and just just choosing items on the food menu that we know we're not going to run out of, and there's nothing that's mm. too controversial or tricky. We've spoken about suppliers; we're pretty confident. It is a simple thing, but it's something that some you know many businesses may not have thought of. Um, hey, has this period impacted? I mean, you're, historically, you guys have grown at about a venue a year since you mm. opened. Will there be another Applejack venue next year or this year? Uh, there won't be one in 2021. Um, there might be a rebranding or a repositioning of an existing offer that mm. reopen that you can you can look out for. Um, um, I'd say well, there's a there's a probably good chance that Applejack will open a new venue next year. So uh, there's like ex- a, what's that? I, was, I guess rephrasing the question: Has this experience changed your um, approach to growth or your your um, strategy around taking on new sites? Probably the main thing that like freaks me out is the staff staffing capacity. Like we were we were actually were pretty gung ho on opening something in uh, this year. We were pretty keen on it. We looked at a really good site that we were like properly in love with and it was pretty big and it was bigger than we were um, normally used to doing and and just once you started trying to think about staffing it it just it was it was pretty pretty frightening to be honest so that was even before lockdown and then and then lockdown sort of came around I was like oh, they were glad that was a bad idea you know I think that was a we didn't feel like we were in the capacity to be able to try to get that many people into working for us to be honest um, whether or not it'll be better next year, we're hoping that once we get some visa holders and the students start coming back, and you know, Mikey's done a whole bunch of advocacy, and every year, twelve student wants to go take up a career in hospitality. It's um, you know, that's gonna that's gonna be good. But uh, at the moment, that would that would, that held us out. So yeah, it, it's changed our perspective on it. We're not as we're not as gung ho. We're more conservative. We're making sure we've got more cash in the bank. Um, but what it does allow you to do is is obviously strike a better deal with um any leases you get you got going on and there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of activity out there i believe you know i think there was a lot there's a lot that were just about there's a lot of restaurants in the city that were just about to open up um for this christmas and i but i think things have gone a bit cool again and i don't think there's a lot of deals being done so if you do want to get something done i think now would be the time to be looking at sites you know No, I was just nodding in it. Like, I, I, I guess I was just, you know, it's one of the things, hey, that like, um, you know, it does come into question is like the, you know, the overall footfall into the, overall footfall into the city. Um, you know, it's one of the things that we're thinking about a lot, and um, and um, and the Sydney CBD generates, I don't know, seven percent of the nation's wealth or whatever, um, or the GDP. So, you know, and there's quite a lot of um, sunk cost or assets in this in, in the CBD. So, yeah, yeah, I think. In terms of like uh, animation of the city discussion, um, just FYI, people are probably interested in that. Um, what what I understand is that there are any number of um, you know processes at the moment around recovery, and I'd anticipate that there'll be you know announcements coming up. I mean, the government went into that mode before, and I think the, the focus has just been on um, the reopening opening roadmap, obviously the health concerns, and then you know um, then then the next phase will be the well, what's the show going to look like, so to speak. Um, 
But Minister Ayers has said that uh, probably misquoting him, but he said something like, "We're going to go pretty hard at that one." So let's see, let's see what comes. Watch this space. <laughs> put, it, put it this way: like I'm, I'm expecting to get no sleep between uh, re- the, the day I'm allowed out and uh, and and um, and Christmas. Christmas. Day. So, so yeah. you know. will there be Is a New Year's Eve event this year, Michael? Do you think? New Year's Eve, yeah. yeah. There's, um, I think that the city, of, I can't remember it got to, but I think the city's definitely committed to the midnight fireworks, and then, um, but maybe just sort of second guessing themselves on the nine pm. But the state government, I understand, yeah. is pretty keen to see both proceed. Um, so you know, again, well, the the, the nine pm was scrapped, but then I think Perrottet came out and said he's let let let's let's bring it back. So I don't know whether that's landed, but um. Yeah, yeah, I, like it's. Let's, one just, let's just do. Let's just do both. Let's watch, just do watch, both. watch this space. I do think it's. Um, it is a, an insight into the the psychology of the place, though. It is. Um, you know, for all its faults, it does have that ambition um, of just making, trying to make things happen. You know, like and and it's it's not not necessarily as well planned or scientific as we'd like, but it's good at least to have. You know, some momentum around this. Um, so let's um, let's let's keep doing these, Luke, and, and hopefully we can drip feed listeners, <laughs> you know, with one tidbit of episode. Um, no, but I, I, I I agree with that. Like I, I you know I, I feel like um, in relation to everything that's going on, and 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 I'm not going to be all like pro Sydney, pro New South Wales right now. But we, I think, I think there's like been a lot of shit canning in relation to you know the approach and what's happened but I, I generally feel it now like at least it feels like there's a real intent to to get things happening and and whether that be from the, the rate of vaccination you know i think that shows that you know, people are pretty committed to getting things going again and i just i feel really like i feel really lucky that we're getting really good support um in many ways at the moment and i feel like you know i've got people like yourself mike and, and others that are actually generally genuinely trying to get it happening and it could be a lot worse, you know, and I and we're when we're we're opening with a really sort of positive outlook, and that's why we're opening up with just you know opening the restaurants, getting them up and running, doing our bit. We're hoping the customers come out and do their bit to to show their support, and you know, hopefully, just bring the beast back to life because it's 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 got to happen. And look, <clears throat> last lockdown, anything anything you go by, it came back pretty quick. You know, things were going really well. Even the city surprised us last lockdown. Yeah, you know, we thought it was going to take a long time. And there was a lot then. And what was most amazing was there was clearly less people in the city. Like there was, we're talking to our landlords and they're saying, you know, um, occupancy rates are like 20 to 30%. But we're doing, we're doing like really strong numbers. And so we're going, so the people that are in the city, obviously the 30% that are there are just pissheads who just like going out. So if you game enough to head into the city for work, you game enough to go out for lunch. But it was like it was um it was like a really it was a really positive period and I mm. and look I we're 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 optimistic people at Applejack and we're we're trying to treat it in the same the same regard and we're just sort of like thinking look let's just let's get her open let's get it trading and you know we could all be doom and gloom forever but I think there's if there's if everyone approaches it with the same intent let's do it you know it's just kind of where it's got to be. You know? What do you uh? What's the f- uh, you can. We're not really asking this question at the end, so I'm going to spring it on you. But what are you going to do first? What are you most excited about in Schooners. reopening? Schooners. <laughs> Schooners and wings. I'm going to like. Schooners I'm just going to, like, just going to really? literally prop myself up at a bar at the Foresters, and I'm just going to drink my body weight. Oh, all within RSA, obviously. <laughs> um, no, um, 
Oh, look, it's the connection with the staff. I like, I genuinely love what I do. Like, I, I'm one of those people that enjoys his job. I enjoy the the variation within the day. As much as I love spending time at home and homeschooling and, you know, um, reconnecting with the family and all that stuff, which I spend a lot of time with them anyway. I'm not one of those dads that's always away, but it was just I'm, I'm ready to be back and I'm ready to be doing lots of different stuff. And we have had some, like, mega um, uh, menu tastings over the last couple of weeks. Some that are just, like, some have been brutal, the amount of food we've had to get through, but it's um, it's been really good to be back doing that sort of stuff and trying menus and, you know, we're doing cocktail tastings and, you know, we're, we're rewriting wine lists and all of the part of it, which we love. That's that's the key bit. Um, but then, obviously, the staffing, you know, like there's only so much, like, banter you can have over Facebook at, with your team. It kind of um, – I'm pretty sure they're all pretty tired of it and they're just looking forward to some face-to-face time, so – yeah, we're pretty pumped about it, to be honest. I think we're getting excited. Like, I'm just just going back into the the, the office and, and hanging out with the guys a little bit more has been really, really good for mm-hmm. the soul. And um, we're doing a lot more face-to-face stuff, so which is – yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm excited. But hopefully, uh, you know, corporates feel the same. I, I know if I was in – I know amongst our team when they announced today that you could go back into the office um, December 1, everyone was cheering, like – um, very excited to get back in around amongst colleagues. So hopefully um, that sentiment is shared on on mass. Yeah, well, I think the the hospitality sector as well can a little bit lead the way just with that. You know, like anyone, all the it's got its own energy, isn't it? And um, you know, I for one uh, am, am looking. I remember I didn't tell you this on Hamish, but uh, I was at the Butler last oh it was last year, yeah, last year when the mm. job offer came through. Actually, I was sitting there having lunch. <laughs> I was like, oh. Look at this! Uh, Offer, off off come join the government. So there you go. It's uh, we can relive that experience come December again. I hope. Maybe, no, same job, just a same. A, 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 sorry, same balcony, <laughs> same job. But um, uh, thanks for joining us. No Appreciate worries. it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Amish. thanks for all your like uh, insights there as well. And you know, I think um, as it's a, a, I wouldn't say auspicious day, but at least there was a news today that has helped shape the conversation. And uh, let's see how it plays out for the next week or so. And hopefully, there's more clarity around um, the health stuff in particular. Yeah, super pumped. It's exciting. See you, mate. See you.